Hello, I'm Kirsty Bugor and welcome to the first Data Protection Tea Break of 2024. In this episode, we meet the new Commissioner for the Bailiwick of Guernsey, Brent Homan. We hear about his plans for the future and how he's settling in to island life. In this first podcast of 2024, we meet the ODPA's new Data Protection Commissioner, Brent Homan. Brent joined the ODPA in January after more than 10 years at the Office of the Privacy Commissioner in Canada, where he was Deputy Commissioner. There, he led a number of high-profile investigations into areas of data protection, such as location tracking, facial recognition and behavioural advertising, to name just a few. Brent has spearheaded some global privacy initiatives, including the Global Privacy Sweep, and is co-chair of an international working group. So Brent, there are many more achievements and qualifications I could list, so we're very lucky to have you here in the bailiwick. Um, I'm lucky to be here. Thank you. And it's a very big step that you've taken to uproot yourself, your family, um, and your pug, obviously, to come here to Guernsey. So a massive change from the vastness and openness of Canada um, to come here. What first drew you to Guernsey? Well, first, I'd say the first thing that happened is that I did receive a notification about this opportunity from a friend of mine and said that uh, suggested that I might be interested. So I was curious and I, t- and I took a look. And I'll tell you that I, I definitely became intrigued uh, very quickly on two levels, one in terms of the job and one in terms of the location. And, and, and basically, with respect to the position, you know, uh, this was... A jurisdiction, it is a jurisdiction that has established a very progressive um, set of privacy and data protection legislation that's really carefully aligned with uh, European laws and uh, UK laws. And uh, I'll tell you, seeing the work that was done by Emma Martins and her team, including you and your communications folks and, and friends, it, it, it has truly been outstanding and inspiring, including Project Bijou. So, so I thought this would be an amazing opportunity to lead a team that is just uh, on a direction of going up and developing further and further. So... So that's why I kind of became intrigued and started looking at at, at the process. But that was just learning about the job. I also got a, an opportunity to learn about the the place itself and about Guernsey, and 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 the interesting features of Guernsey, including uh, the importance of it as a global financial sector services hub. You know the fact that it's sixty uh, percent of its economy is driven by this very, very competitive and very progressive sector. And then uh, the more I read about the culture of Guernsey and about the beautiful landscapes, uh, the community um, spirit that is evident, it, it just became something that was more exciting every, every, every time I turned a page, uh, virtually or otherwise. And uh, and so I was I was pretty excited, and so were my uh, uh, my wife and uh, my daughter and my pug, although he didn't know what was going on uh, when I learned that uh, that this was going to become a reality. It was so wonderful that you've brought everyone here, and you've already thrown yourself into island life. Yes. Um, so, what are your first thoughts then of life on the island? Uh, it, it 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 was truly it, it, it it's been an adventure. I would have to say, and a very, very pleasing adventure. I think that um, when I talk about community, it's it's been very welcoming. I've already had some 
uh, amazing walks on beaches and in trails uh, along the coastline, uh, having been invited by by uh, parent groups. And I've also, during the holidays, because we arrived uh, in mid-December, uh, I had the opportunity to glide around uh, the holiday skating rink at, uh, at, at Le Friquet. Uh, so it really has been an opportunity to get into the environment uh, before I had to actually uh, start uh, the job. And I'll say that the, my pug Ernie is really enjoying the walks because if we were back in Canada, he'd be faced with the uh, snow, and uh, and and, and pugs, legs. yeah, pugs' legs aren't the, aren't that long. So so he appreciates uh, um, the walks in Richmond Park quite nicely. <laughs> oh, so it's lovely that you you feel so love warmly about Guernsey already, mm-hmm. and, and obviously in terms of a jurisdiction. So you know, what are your first thoughts now in terms of the regulated community that you're going to be looking after? Well, it, it, it's, it's been really interesting. I've, I've, I've tried to kind of take a look in my first month and prior to trying to understand what it is that would be the most profound challenges and opportunities in this jurisdiction and how we uh, play to its comparative uh, strengths. Um, and, and, and I think uh, a few things. One, one of the things that came to mind quite quickly is that... Uh, the importance of raising uh, security safeguards with respect to breaches and and breach preparedness, and I say that not necessarily because uh, there is a specific problem. And and when I talk about breach preparedness, it's not because there's necessarily a issue or a problem specific to the bailiwick. Uh, in fact, uh, breach preparedness is a is a, is a global issue that we all have to struggle with, whether in the public or the private sector. Uh, but what is unique to uh, Guernsey is the intimacy of the jurisdiction and that any given breach can have a more magnified impact, a damaging impact on, on, on individuals because everyone's once or twice removed from each other so that even a small breach um, could be known by the whole bailiwick uh, within a few days. So, so I think that's why I've identified that as one of the areas I'd want to focus on and want to work with stakeholders in, try, in trying to elevate uh, the level of safeguards. I've also noticed, and, and it's again something that's not unique to Guernsey, but um, in complying with data protection regulations in the public and the private sector, you know, there's still the concern of whether or not, okay, I'm complying because the law exists. And I think it's really important to share with the bailiwick um, stakeholders the value proposition of being compliant with data protection regulation. And it's really because data protection is good business. If you have elevated safeguards and data protection practices, and you're in the private sector, that gives you a competitive advantage over over other uh, competitors, whether it's the financial services sector or other sectors. And similarly, when it comes to the public sector, what's more important than trust? And in fact, I would suggest that no government can properly operate without the trust of its constituents. So the best way to engender trust amongst your citizens is to present yourself as a safe and secure and effective um, government. So I think that's another reason. So I really, really want to have that conversation uh, with the community about the value proposition of why 
they should be complying with data protection laws over and above just the fact that uh, that the law exists. Mm-hmm. And, and, and I'd say in terms of uh, another challenge, another priority, especially with the private sector, is the pace of technological change. Technological change is evolving at a revolutionary uh, pace, and it has been for a while. And with a jurisdiction that is so focused and so reliant on the financial services sector, um, technology such as artificial intelligence and automated decision-making is really important. So we certainly want to help uh, those stakeholders get it right in, in, in that area. And, and, and as well, you know, technological change, I think it's important for us to acknowledge and point out and celebrate the fact that technology is a good thing. It often can be a good thing. Uh, there's so much that the world has benefited from in terms of the uh, digital era. But the thing is, how can we benefit from those positives while at the same, at same time ensuring that we respect um, the rights and the data rights of, uh, of individuals. And that's really uh, the conversations that I want to have. Like if, if any jurisdiction knows about that tension between the benefits and the risks, it is Guernsey. Mm-hmm. Because the best intentions of one government can be exploited with disastrous consequences uh, by another ruler, mm-hmm. as Guernsey uh, discovered when um, the census data by uh, collected by the government in the early years of the um, 20th century was then weaponized mm-hmm. by Nazi Germany and with, with an end uh, goal of persecution of Guernsey uh, residents. And of course, the reason we actually have data protection legislation now is because of following the Second World War, when they discovered the atrocities, part of the human rights legislation was to protect people's personal data. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So it's and, and so closely linked. It's inextricably linked. And, and, and so I do believe that Guernsey residents know that in their bones and they feel that in the bones. And so one of our jobs at the ODPA is just to help help with that narrative of explaining why data protection matters, why privacy matters. And I got to tell you, Christy, this office has, uh, has, has done it well, especially with uh, projects such as Project Bijou and the telling of stories to try to, to try to inspire a cultural change of embracing um, elevated data protection practices. So, in terms of my job, a lot of it is is continuing the good work of of you and your colleagues, who are now my colleagues now. So I look forward to that. Well, it's very kind of you to say. I think you're right. Everyone here does have a, a special understanding in a way that perhaps other places mm-hmm. don't in terms of the way personal data can be used. And obviously, in terms of understanding how personal data feeds into the new technology, and you know, we speak a lot about how young people are the digital natives, but also perhaps don't have the boundaries or the the understanding of the risks that they're encountering when they when they're going online or onto their you know various social media chats. I mean, how do you see us pursuing the younger generations going into the future? Focusing on the protection of the younger generations has clearly been a priority for the office, and rightfully so. Um, one, the younger generation, kids and youth 
are a particularly vulnerable um, group. Um, they grew up online and they may not be aware of all uh, the necessary risks that there are and how to control uh, the personal information uh, that they share. So I think it takes a uh, multi-pronged approach. Um, I think it, it it's, it's about outreach and it's about um, going out to uh, to schools, uh, sharing stories about privacy. I, and and we have actually a really good story in this office tells a good story in the story of Worrell and her uh, adventures in a whirly world of, uh, of data. And how does Worrell realize the benefits and enjoy that digital world while, while doing so in a, in a safe manner? And I think that it was brilliant how this has been distilled into the key uh, W questions of who is asking for the data, what do they want to know, why are they asking, and where is that data going to go? I think that's that's an excellent way, a framework to give to children itself. And it's interesting, I've talked about framework, let's talk about another uh, framework, and that's the children's framework um, with respect to how do we protect the information and the data rights of, of of children and and i'm very excited that this is uh, a framework that's in consultation right now and that's aligned with uh, the un uh, child's rights and and intended to be aligned of, of course with uh, the local laws um, but the consultation process is all about reaching out and hearing from everyone uh, you've heard the expression it takes a village to raise a child well one thing i've learned about guernsey is it takes an island to protect a child and their data protection uh rights and so um i'm really excited to hear uh from uh, guernsey stakeholders and i certainly would encourage anybody that hasn't fed in you know we want to hear from the youth about their experiences we want to hear about the educators. Uh, we want to hear from government officials. We want to hear from businesses. We want to hear from parents, and we want to hear from community leaders. We really want to get a comprehensive perspective on how can we best protect our children's privacy. And so if you haven't already, you know, uh, then log on to our website and take one of those surveys. It's mm -hmm. not going to take you much time. It's a massive Less than shelter. five minutes. Less than five minutes. Go it's for so it. important, isn't it? Oh, it's we really get important. The, the views of the people on the ground. It really matters so much. We all have a chance to play a part in how we're going to develop this framework to protect our young people. It's Absolutely. So and, vital. And, and, and do you know what I think is important there, Kirsty? Um, and perhaps where some... Not just not just in the data protection space, but perhaps in the consumer protection space. How some people get it wrong is that you have you have a room full of adults deciding how to best to protect uh, uh, children. And you know what's missing from that uh, room full of adults is the voice of children. Mm -hmm. I can tell you, I remember a outreach event that I did in uh, northern Canada, where I was meeting with a youth group. And I was talking to them about all the dangers. This is when I was in antitrust and consumer protection, talking to them about the dangers of online fraud and 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 uh, stealing of um, of uh, not only information but financial information. And I could see eyes rolling amongst the youth. And so I paused and said, "Okay, so I've noticed this. What is this about?" And and it was a bit of an epiphany moment. You know, basically what I was told was that. 
we know, we've heard the story about the online bowling. We've heard other stories. But it's really important to know as well that we're in an isolated community. And if we're going to really develop and um, engage with our uh, friends in far places, it has to be online. So, so it really told me, you know, don't just talk about the scary things. Talk about the promise yeah. and focus on we balance. We have to get the balance, absolutely. Yeah. yeah, We're definitely on the same page with that yeah. because we're not going to stop our young people using these tools that enrich their lives in many ways and we have many advantages from them, but it's about using right. safely and understanding where the boundaries should be. And, and even if we couldn't, we wouldn't want to stop them. No. And, 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 <laughs> and I say that even if we could, like, that's the one challenge. I don't think... Um, it's never about a parent banning their child from online uh, use or virtual gaming because uh, you try that, and we all know how that goes. Yeah, it doesn't go. It, it doesn't go very well. Is feeling Absolutely, the same as us you know, now. it's uh, you're going to lose that. You're going to lose that battle uh, ten times out of ten, and 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 plus, it's not a battle you want to have because there is so much to be gained. In this digital era, and so much to, you know, in, in terms of expressing yourselves and interacting, if done in a safe and secure way. And I would say that that's where we come into play, and that's where parents come into play, of ensuring that we have these conversations with children to acknowledge the benefits, but highlight the risks one of the risks being, you know, the sharing of personal information uh, of a sensitive nature, including photos. I think recently on the island, uh, we had the warning come from the Guernsey police about a, a Snapchat group, uh, including kids as young as seven. Mm-hmm. And and the concerns over the sharing of, uh, of very, very sensitive photos. Um, and, and And the thing that we want to get across is that there's real risks here. Even if you think it's temporary, it's not. You know, it, it, nothing's stopping an individual from taking a picture of a, a photo screen. And then soon, you know, your personal information uh, can have and leave an indelible mark uh, and can damage your reputation, not only now, but well into the future. Mm-hmm. Um, so having those uh, conversations and creating and inspiring that mindset to think about anything that I leave online is probably going to be there forever. So think before you post. Yeah. You Caution. Know? <laughs> um, moving back to the regulated community. Yes. So um, of it, I guess most of our audience are probably members of that community. Yeah. So what can they expect um, from you okay. now you're, you're in the role? Thanks, for So I, I think I've already talked about some of the challenges that one look at you know one mm. being promoting compliance um and the value proposition that compliance is uh is, and data protection uh practices are good business and and also good government uh there's the focus on breach preparedness yep and then um there of course is the focus on technological innovation and, yeah. and some of the risks with respect to artificial intelligence that so that's what that Many things we're focusing on, but what can you expect from the regulator? Three pillars of how we're going to conduct ourselves. And that's balance, trust, and partnership. What does balance mean? Balance means that we pick the right tool for the right situation. So we're not going to um, treat 
every complaint like it's a highly litigated matter you know we are going to um take a look at it determine whether it's systemic or whether it's ad hoc if if, if the groups and the organizations are willing to work for, work with us to try to uh try to arrive at a um at a positive outcome then we will absolutely take that uh, into consideration because that's and, what we want well absolutely <laughs> we want to be outcome uh outcome focused what can we do to ensure that our interaction with the regulated community moves the sticks and makes things that much better? And that's why as well, you know, the balance, if we need to investigate, we'll need to investigate. But preferably, what we want to do is prevent issues from happening. So focusing on on, on uh, proactive advice and creating the mentality of thinking uh, first about uh, about data protection before you implement a program that might use uh, practices. So that's why continuing to work in the area of Bijou, continuing to provide um, workshops and tools that allow organizations to succeed mm-hmm. at data protection. So that's balance and trust. That means holding ourselves to a standard that we act with Integrity, accountability, and transparency. Transparency is really important if I take one of the three. Um, Because if we can be transparent to our regulated community about the actions that we're going to take in response to any given uh, contravention or any situation, then that will allow them greater uh, opportunity to predict and understand what might be a a breach that they should be notifying on or they shouldn't be notifying on. And then finally, partnership. And partnership is really key. Partnership has many dimensions, Kirsty. It's it's partnering with the regulated community. If they want to have an event, and this is a and, and we're dealing with a um, network or a group uh, that really is committed to promoting. Uh, safe data protection practices and that's what they want to do hey we want to uh, we would love to be there with them mm-hmm. and and be part of that and support it and cross support it um so it is working with the regulated community uh to help them get things right uh other partnership is working domestically um with our regulatory counterparts here on the island enforcement uh counterparts hey you know uh we've been issuing these these data protection advisories, and one of the first ones we issued um, was on a uh, text cam, and we highlighted the issues related to identity theft. But it wasn't just about identity theft; it was about the theft of financial information. So, who else was looking at that? The currency police. So, but there's an opportunity for us both to talk about the issues and the risks of any given uh, any given event. And to amplify the messages of each other. Multi-agency Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. And that's domestic, you know. Um, and and more and more, there's these intersection of regulatory spheres where a consumer protection issue is also a data protection issue, as we've seen it, as we saw it with that tech scan, where a, um, where a youth concern is also obviously a privacy concern as it relates to... Um, that group on Snapchat that we were uh, talking about. Uh, but other regulators, you know, um, 
in, in our community. You know, the competition authority, there, there's an opportunity to um, explore partnerships and alliances with them towards ensuring that, that um, we create a uh, community uh, that has elevated uh, competition uh, levels and while at the same time uh, respecting the data protection rights. You know, there's a holistic opportunity there. And internationally, I believe, uh, there's clearly an opportunity for us to um, work closely with our partners. Uh, we've just recently joined the International Enforcement Working Group of the Global Privacy Assembly, and, and, and we are now a co-chair of that group. And uh, we're also uh, a member of the Artificial Intelligence um, uh, Working Group. So I think these are two opportunities for us to kind of not only um, participate in global uh, initiatives, uh, because we have so much to offer with our intimate experience um, uh, with engaging with the counterparts, but also to ensure that 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 our jurisdiction is 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 represented and our and, and our views are also represented. Oh. Our domestic views are represented on a global uh, on a global scale. And 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 I guess so 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 that's really you know the three pillars. If there was one thing that I would also kind of point out, this island itself is a jurisdiction that has excelled in the area of uh, financial services and, in my view, as I said, uh, uh, community. And, and I think it's got a branding of being uh, secure, uh, stable, and a safe place to conduct commerce and invest. And I think it's important for... Um, us to be uh, part of that reality. It's only as safe as as an island or as its organizations are safe from security uh, safeguard risks and that. So we have a huge, huge role to play with that. And uh, it's great news that 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 Guernsey got adequacy mm-hmm. status. It's a finally, it's huge news. <laughs> but. We can't rest on our laurels because that is a dynamic rather than a static responsibility. It's great to get adequacy. What's where the challenge is is maintaining it. Mm, and absolutely. and so we will work very closely with the regulated community to ensure that their data protection practices are at the elevated level to avoid those type of risks that could put um, put that into question. We've got exciting times ahead for sure. I think so. I think so. Um, just moving away from the work area then. So you've been throwing yourself into island life and into yeah. the community. Now, I know you're a keen curling player and mm-hmm. ice skater in Canada. So what activities do you have your eye on here in Guernsey so far? Because we can't really offer ice skating, although you did have a go at Christmas. We did. I did but have we, a go. We do have very good ice cream. So oh, you've and, got that and, to look and, to. and that's that's a blessing and as well uh, a curse at the same time, I'd say, because I have tried the Guernsey ice cream. And I haven't stopped trying <laughs> the Guernsey yeah. ice cream. Like it's delicious. Like there are local produ- other local producers as well. There's a few varieties you can get. Yeah, yeah, Kirsty. The I'm Guernsey not, milk. 
I am not a big fan of dessert, and I haven't missed one since we've been out to a restaurant because I'm always I just, just give me a bowl of the ice cream because it's uh, really good. And, and you're right in terms of the dairy. Um, Seriously, uh, we, yeah. What sort of activities are you hoping to, <laughs> to involve yourself? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Other than eating ice cream, that's that's good. Yeah, because we do have to kind of keep active, right? Well, uh, you know, I, I have been enjoying uh, walks and hikes and uh, doing that with. Uh, uh, with my family, but I do miss curling. Uh, curling is a passion of uh, myself and my family. Uh, so I do intend at some point to try my hand at uh, at lawn bowling. Oh, yeah, because uh, yeah, it, it looks like a lot of fun. And I also see that uh, there are many, uh, many in the office that partake in um, swims in the channel. Mm-hmm. That's a process for me to gain the courage in order to take that first dip, but I'm committed. I'm I think going it's to below that. 10 degrees at the moment. It certainly felt it at the weekend. <laughs> okay, well, I am going to try, but I have to work myself up to that. So that's another thing that, uh, that, that, that I certainly want to do. Uh, I think, um, what's exciting as well uh, as a, as a office is we're looking at participating in the Safferty Walk. So the walk, uh, around the island. How, how, how far is that again? 34 miles or it's something? It's a long way. And it's a long very way. Very steep at the beginning. Absolutely, absolutely. <laughs> so I think we gotta work my way up to that. And so, so, so those are those are some of the activity. I'll, I'll tell you one activity that 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 uh, I have no choice but to participate in, and it feels like kind of like car rally because uh, I gotta tell you, um, it's been an adjustment driving here on the island. Uh, one, it's not in the lane that I'm used to. Two. The roads are quite, quite, quite narrow. And surrounded by granite. And surrounded by granite, as my alloy tires know quite well already. I managed to last four hours before I pocked those up. So, hey, that's what it is. So, um, uh, so that's been enjoyable. It has actually been enjoyable uh, in, in terms of, of, of driving around and realizing that lane is actually a two-way road and, and stuff like that. It's so definitely it's been fun. Different for yeah. you, I'm sure. Yeah, yeah. It's pretty cool. Well, Brent, thank you so much for joining me for this chat and, and obviously massive welcome to, to Guernsey. Thank you. And thank you for throwing yourself into island life already so vibrantly and energetically. Like you've already been very busy as well for us and it's just fantastic. So. Thank you very much for your time and we look forward to working with you and hopefully helping you settle in even more to the bailiwick. Don't forget you can listen to our other podcasts on your usual podcast providers and please do get in touch with us with any thoughts or questions you have. You can find contact details and lots of helpful resources on our website odpa.gg. So thanks for listening and thanks to Brent and goodbye. Thank you very much. Thank you.